Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished professional from Los Angeles, USA, Ajit Dodani. Ajit, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Excited to be here with you. Thank you. Ajit is the founder of Empathify You and is an empathy strategist. So, uh, Ajit, we're going to talk a lot about empathy in our conversation, but before we start, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Well, that, that's great. It links to my work completely because my what I do right now is my lived journey. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was born in Lucknow, India. I was, you know, grew up in Pune, India. Uh, and I was born an empath, right? So mm-hmm. felt more, sensed more. And, you know, gr- growing up like that, you know, my uncles would hit me in the head, you know, mm-hmm. men are not supposed to feel so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that old, very traditional kind yeah. of statement around mm-hmm. that. And come and behold, now today, get a chance to do this work uh, and give back and lean into my superpower, which at mm-hmm. one point was minimized, mm-hmm. right? But became my superpower. And as I you know, went through the corporate journey, became the CFO for Benetton, mm-hmm. understood that people only bought into processes, financial systems, if they really, if the people were connected and the mm-hmm. fabric of the organization was connected, then went on to consult with various entities. And um, 20 years ago, I wasn't introduced as an empathy strategist, because mm-hmm. if you did that, Ashutosh, Mm. You'd look at me strange. Mm-hmm. So I was in- introduced as a fractional CFO consultant. and wow. But my secret sauce was always empathy. Mm. And um, over the years, d- built two, two organizations, one that works in the corporate side and the other that works on the student side and the education field. So just blessed to get to do work that matters and in a more timely matter right now. Mm. Interesting. Really, really, really. So, you know, uh, Ajit, you're also referred to as the CFO who can speak empathy and KPIs in the same sentence. Help me understand this and give me an example. Well, story time then for you, Ashutosh, should be perfect. So give me a great example, right? So for a long time, empathy was considered an optional skill. Mm-hmm. But but let's look at our journey, what's happened, right? Years ago, we needed brute strength farmers, and we needed uh, to understand uh, mechanical process in the industrial age. Then we came to the computer age, we need to learn how to keyboard. Now the trauma that we've all been through for the last few years collectively has r- increased the need for this as a skill. Now the mm-hmm. good thing is it's a skill. Mm-hmm. That's the hope that I can give everybody. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are apprehensive about the word empathy because of the branding. Mm-hmm. So a lot of command and control type leaders, they, they, they will go like, Ooh, I don't want to be associated with that word, right? Mm-hmm. So the branding of empathy. So we teach empathy as a superpower. Mm-hmm. A great example, right? Large organization names and stuff all are going to be fictionalized. Yeah. But even large size organization, senior leader, very command and control type. Yeah. That we're going through a deployment and he goes through months and months of it. And he's very quiet. After eight months, he leans forward in one of the meetings. We're all scared. Oh, my God, what is he going to say? Large mm. organizations, mm. you know, almost 300 people. Mm. He goes, I just want to let you know. These are the best L&D program we've been through. Wow. Because it changed my relationship with y'all, mm. but it changed my relationship with my daughter. Mm. Ashutosh, listen to this one. 
Mm. Empathy as a skill yeah. changed him as a human being, Wonderful. his skills mm. and everything around him. Let's translate that now to dollars and cents. Mm. We had a session where the, at the end of a deployment, we do this cornerstone capstone event where we, mm. we call it the stories. So whatever the organs yeah. say, we call it, you know, Ashutosh's stories. Your, mm. And there were people, and these are engineering type people that are sharing stories about turning to the senior and saying, I just want to let you know, eight months ago, I could not come to you with my idea. Mm -hmm. Today, I come to you with my idea. Mm -hmm. I'm able to talk to you freely. Engagement is going up. Retention yep. is going up. Innovation is going up, nice. right? So it connects to dollars and cents mm -hmm. in a very tactical way. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And for my viewers and listeners, Ajit, how do you define empathy? So for that, now the... I was talking to somebody just earlier today, right? And I, there are different types of empathy, right? Correct. So we know the emotional empathy, the cognitive empathy, and the compassion empathy. Our work is highly hyper-focused, Ashutosh, mm -hmm. on the compassion empathy. And we, uh, we use a definition by Morgan Nichols that I want to read out to you. Mm -hmm. And I want you to hear this because sure. there are various definitions. Mm -hmm. Let me hold the door for you. I may have never walked in your shoes, mm. but I can see your souls are worn. Your strength is torn under the weight of a story I have never lived before. Amazing. Let me hold the door for you after all you've been through. Mm. It's the least I can do. Mm. What that empathy requires us is to be present, observe, and take action. Mm. And that is our definition of empathy that we embrace and we focus on. So, because you can have on a whole spectrum of empathy, because you can have emotional empathy that wears you down. And Correct. most people think empathy to that, Ashutosh. Correct. Well said. And when you talk of uh, defining an empathy strategy uh, for an organization, what is the meaning of an empathy strategy? So, again, I'm going to read out something to you and give, okay. give you the genesis of this, right? So I had a theory of change early in my career um, that this whole concept of empathy could be taught. Mm -hmm. It's the cornerstone for trust. Correct. Every organization, if you don't have trust, you're, you're out of business, basically, right? right? You're not going to get the engagement. You're not going to get anything from a team. So I had a theory of change that developed into the Empathify You Trust formula. Mm. It's a formula for tracking your trust building journey. Mm. An empathy strategy is this is the journey. This mm. is the vision. This is the horizon that we take teams through. And let me read that out to you. Mm. This is the journey. And what an empathy strategy, the journey looks like. I should mm. Once I know who I am, and I empathize and learn to respect who you are, mm -hmm. we are able to respectfully sit on the same table, mm -hmm. bringing our whole selves to solve any problem that comes our way. Mm, well said. Mm -hmm. So our journey starts from an understanding of who I am mm -hmm. to get to the problem solving situation, mm -hmm. right? So, it is very, very, it's very simple, right? That statement to read is very simple, but talk about putting this together, Ashutosh. Correct. Correct. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. But you know, Ajit, when I was reading about you, I was wondering, 
in an increasingly divided world um, where there seems to be some flare-up happening somewhere or the other all the time, how does one create empathy? Great. So now you're talking about skill, hmm. right? So so obviously, the I, I won't go through the entire trust formula, but I when, when you sent that question, I had thought about this and said, you know, what is it that I could give as two points? The first mm -hmm. thing is this. Empathy is about understanding and listening. So the first skill I would teach somebody would be the power of presence. It sounds so simplistic, but think about it, Ashutosh. In yeah. the 30s and 40s, we were taking five breaths a minute. In the 70s and 80s, we were taking seven breaths. Mm. Now we're taking an average of 15 breaths a second, mm. three times more than an average body needs. Mm. Why? Because we're socially connected. We're not supposed to, HBR said, you're not supposed to, you know, the research that people don't take deep breaths because their body may look off if they breathe through their gut, wow. right? Mm. So we are overactivated. We're not present. So we are seeing a perforated world, Ashutosh. Mm. People are sitting in meetings with their head in seven different places, not paying attention to the presenter or the problem at hand. And they're listening to every third thing. 60% of people are living that way. Mm. That means we're losing people. So the first trait I teach the world, and it shows up every week on my LinkedIn, mm. is I'll tell everybody to take a breath with me. Mm. It's stuff that I saw my parents do when I was young back in Pune, India. Yeah. I would teach them the framework of taking you, and I teach a very simple formula, breathe in for four, mm. hold, breathe out for six. Mm. So that's 10 seconds. That's six breaths a minute. If mm. if we can get, so first, pro, first problem is that kind of calm them down, be able to pay attention. And the second thing is I would do a deep dive into empathetic listening. Mm. We teach different levels of listening. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And when you get to a level, I mean, the final level is conscious listening. Mm. If, if I could teach those two, I think as a society, mm. We would calm everybody down. They'd be able to respectfully listen without overacting. And the second thing is they truly learn how to listen. Now, these are skills you and I were not taught in school. Mm, that's true. That's true. So those would be my first two. And I, I could go through a whole slew of them, but I think mm. those would be... No, they're very interesting. Very, very I would really focus and double click on for sure. Very, very interesting. And my next question is, how does one teach empathy to children? Because uh, children could also be very unkind. Um, so, as you know, we do work through our sister organization and school systems, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about modeling, Ashutosh. Mm -hmm. Nature and nurture, mm -hmm. right? So let, let's talk about the problems in society right mm -hmm. now, right? Mm -hmm. So we spoke about one, the, the battle for our attention. Correct. There's a massive listening gap. Mm. The other thing is we're all traumatized at certain levels because of the last few years, more than ever before, right? Mm -hmm. Be it the cause of loneliness, losing family members, financial situations. Yeah. Learning how to navigate and live a trauma-informed life is mm -hmm. something that really, really needs to get embraced. We teach it, mm -hmm. right? Because, and then the true understanding of how behavior comes 
by most people, oh, my values are this. You know, how, Ashutosh, how many times do you hear this? Oh, my values are this, and parents talk about this. But what really dictates behavior, be it in a family or in a large organization, is what? Their shadow values. Mm. It is never their values. Yeah. It's their inherent desire for recognition, for various things that actually drives mm. the behavior. So be it a parent who has never modeled how to say thank you, I love you to the mm -hmm. spouse mm -hmm. or to the child or be able to tell the child, hey, I'm seeing my therapist, right? Because talk about our culture, brown culture. The last thing that people would want to say is publicly is like, oh my God, I have a therapist. It should be normalized, Correct. right? The amount of denial that exists in our physical care, mm -hmm. our mental self-care. Imagine if that was modeled, all of this was modeled by our parents Son, that's a great question. Hold on, let me listen to you. Just like in our workplace. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Hold on, let me focus on that. I'm present for you. That yeah. same modeling when it comes to kids, mm -hmm. Ashutosh applies in the workplace, applies in family systems. And that's that's really how this big modeling is my number one demand from leaders that I coach. Very, and very you got to model this. You, you got to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. And since you spoke about culture, that's my actually a great segue to my next question. You live in one of the most culturally diverse countries in the world. My question is, how does culture impact empathy? How, oh, so you're talking about the culture of, of the country impact? Yeah, it's culture it, it's, of each one of us who, you know, and yeah. we're all different people. And we're brought up by our own cultures. Great question, right? So in every culture, mm -hmm. certain things are recognized and certain things are rewarded, mm -hmm. right? So what happens is in a culture that is command and control, yeah, that type of culture that if somebody's grown around a family unit mm. or work environment, that's been modeled for them. Mm. That's all they know, right? And if the only tool you have is a hammer, you treat everything like a nail. Mm. So you're showing up mm. right now and at a point where the, oh, here's what's happened, Ashutosh. Mm. The last few years, has created a sense of awareness like never before, mm. right? I tell people, I do this work because this work, I want to create a world where regardless of your neurodiversity, regardless mm. of your sexual orientation, regardless of your mental health spectrum, your political spectrum, so we can create a world mm. where you can show up as yourself. Now, most Traditional people don't have empathy for me for saying that. But, you know, as soon as I tell them, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for your kids and grandkids. Ashutosh, guess what they say? You're right. My kids mm. and grandkids are definitely different. They have no empathy yes. for you and me. Yes. But they get it there. So that culture of that acceptance of that behavior mm. has to change. People have to demonstrate. It has to be applauded. It has to be recognized. And there are some cultures where empathy is recognized, Correct. appreciated, and you can see it in the history of their leadership, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So there are some folks that come out very empathic mm -hmm. from their growing up and the culture that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. And in some places, it's this foreign word for them. Mm -hmm. They're like, wait, why? 
right? So the huge that where yeah. every country has its own flavor, every culture mm -hmm. has its own flavor. And yeah, the, the, the thing is this though. Here's, here's what I want to bring up, Ashutosh, is that if you don't embrace empathy and it's not in the culture, mm -hmm. what you end up creating is these frameworks called dark stories and conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. What that means is this. If a leader doesn't understand storytelling, living authentically, yeah. the, the, his story is being, or her story is being created in the organization by silos who are, because their hero is his villain and his villain is their hero. And mm. they're creating a villain out of the leader. So these dark stories exist within that. So that type of corporate culture, now I'm taking it to corporate culture, yeah. Yeah. exists till the leader becomes authentic, mm. a good storyteller, understands, listens, models self-care, and all the stuff that I was talking to you about. Fascinating. Very, very interesting. Um, staying on with the corporate world now, um, how do you empower teams to embrace empathy as a superpower? And what is the process okay. you follow? Okay, so the process is obviously a series of workshops, keynotes and coaching session, right? So uh, the, the, the so to give you a high level, they'd go through a listening session to understand the frameworks, mm -hmm. uh, eight, 10, 12 workshops or a period of six, eight, 12 months, capstone events, coaching, and as mm, you know, mm. coaching is about yeah. creating accountability to the process that they've learned. There is a very deliberate formula that we're from, and it's it's all based around the Empathify You Trust mm, formula. Yeah. There's a series of workshops. And again, that journey that I spoke to you about, right? So if mm -hmm. you're, because it'll, that's a whole, we could talk for hours yeah. about that. Yeah. It's the journey they go through. And our biggest thing, Ashutosh, biggest thing, people are selfish. Mm. Most why does why does empathy play a big part in D and IB and all that? Because here's what it does. Right now, most LND systems are like this. There are clogged pipes. So if think mm -hmm. about people's brains as clogged pipes with all the stuff that I spoke to you about, the trauma, mm -hmm. the, the all the discord going on in their head. They're not paid. And people are like, oh, why don't you watch this video? Why don't you listen to this? Mm -hmm. Do this micro lesson. Do this. So what an empathy strategy does for 60% of our time, Ashutosh, mm -hmm. is spent on the individual, mm. helping them become better people. And that example I gave you with that yep. person right up front, mm. when they become better people, they see the benefit in their lives, their personal mm. health, their physical health, their, their relationships getting better. They're like, okay, so, so we see more videos turn on. Okay. This is about us. This is not just about us learning a new skill. Because mm. here's what it is, Ashutosh. When you show up in your company and you say, I'm doing a DNIB training, Ashutosh, the people that need to pay attention turn the video off. Mm. They are not paying attention. Correct. Because guess Correct. what? They feel they're called out. They have, they have no reason. So Correct. when you link DNIB to a better world, to more profits for those who don't understand, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, for example, we have different pathways. That pathway on DNIB, once we go through everything, when we come up with this framework of, but we don't call it DNIB, mm. it's an empathy strategy for growth at Ashok Garg's organization. Mm. So all of a sudden, the people are coming in there. They, it takes us a little while, but we say by the second, third, workshop they're like oh we trust these guys they're taking care of us mm -hmm. we're taking out those stuck paper towels 
And then you start pouring in all the other skills because guess what? They are receptive because mm. they have, are suddenly paying attention. They've learned how to listen. They've resolved their own shadow. They've resolved. So all of a sudden, that mm. framework that we present after around mm. all this other stuff suddenly starts to work a lot more easier. So all of a sudden, right now, 9% of DNIB efforts are really effective. Mm. We're able to take those numbers higher. Engagement numbers are still stuck. We're able to take them higher because the idea is this doesn't become a band-aid. It's not a compliance. It's Correct. not a it's not a checklist. Mm. It's the solve for the problem. Mm. Well said. So Ajit, I have time for two more questions. And sure. one my next question is that you know, when I again I was reading about you and uh, there is a comment or that empathy strategy can minimize workplace burnout. How does this work? That's a great question. So we have a framework called prepare, perform, recover, mm -hmm. right? And an empathy strategy is about, remember how I started? Once I know who I am. Yep. And I, so the idea is around myself. So if I can learn to learn some skills mm -hmm. about self-care, self-love, self-respect, mm -hmm. above all, yep. right? Burnout happens when we don't have clear boundaries. We don't understand how about one simple thing, Ashutosh, right? We all are familiar with the circadian rhythm mm -hmm. and we all follow that. Yeah. But most people don't understand that within the circadian rhythm exists an ultradian rhythm. The ultradian rhythm requires a reset of our, our body and our mental systems every 80 to 120 minutes. Research is there behind it. Mm -hmm. If you keep working beyond that, your productive, you can keep working. Oh, I'm burning the midnight oil. You can keep doing that. But all mm. you're doing is your productivity is dropping. Mm. So once people understand that framework and we have a whole different slew of things that allow that to infuse that into your workplace, mm. infuse that into your life, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you are able to manage stuff right from the beginning. Okay? Breath work, a simple one. Mm -hmm. Raising the ceiling. There's a clear science which, which we call raise the ceiling. You, the, if you sit under the same surface for all through the day, it impacts mm -hmm. your creativity. Mm -hmm. How you change. So very science-based strategies mm -hmm. linked with deep stories mm -hmm. is how we help people. And then I show, show up as myself and say, hey, listen, I was like this. I wasn't taking care of it. And then you learn from that. So mm -hmm. Very interesting. And my last question to you, Ajit, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing understanding of empathy um, and your own journey, what would you say are three lessons you would want our young viewers and listeners to take away? You know, this, this, this I will give one. How mm -hmm. about this? Sure. The one thing, I'm going to go back to that book. I know you're an avid book reader, so I'm going to mm -hmm. go to the one thing. Uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today. I was coaching uh, an executive, and I said, you know, treat yourself like a luxury brand. Mm. And that person looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, how do you take care of your shoes that you go gardening with? Oh, you just mm. throw them in the corner. But how do you take care of the shoe that you wear to your parties. Mm. Oh, you put in a sleeve, then you put in a box and you put in your in your closet, don't you? Mm. I said, how about if we all learn to do that with ourselves? Mm. Our mental health, mm. our physical health, our emotional health. Mm. What if we invested in 
a mental coach, hmm. therapist, a coach? What if we invested in a physical coach? What if we invested in surrounding ourselves with expert companions? So you become the luxury brand that you were born to be. Oh, fascinating. And what a great story. Thank you. And on that note, uh, Ajit, and your one lesson, treat yourself like a luxury brand. What a powerful comment this is. And I'm sure a lot of my viewers and listeners will take away a lot about from this one comment of treat yourself as a, like a luxury brand. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey. Thank you for speaking to me about empathy as a superpower. Thank you also for sharing some amazing stories, you know, uh, that you've told me about so many different aspects of empathy. And finally, I think I, what you said, which was so important, was the power of presence. I think that's such a powerful comment again that you've made. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you, Ashutosh. Great spending time with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.